Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I want you to come with me in your Bibles. The title of my message tonight is a good thing. What is it? It's Awaken an Expectation for Transformation. If you said, why, why, why 18 years on Sunday, or I think it was officially 18 years on Monday, but, you know, 18 years ago, we, we kind of had our very first service. And uh, I didn't realize at the time, but our assignment really was just to awaken a city that ha- had plenty of churches, and people told us all kinds of things. It's a, you know, preacher's graveyard, and, you know, it's already, we met with one pastor he couldn't meet with us, so his associate pastor met with us, and, and he said to me, why are you coming to San Diego? And I tried to tell him the story about how God, you know, spoke to us three times really, really clearly, and he just cut me off. And he says, let me tell you something. People are tired here. They're tired. I'm sorry. We just got here. We didn't mean to make him more tired. And, but it was like, it was like, it was our fault. Like, why would you come and start another church? And you know, they're retired. And so it's very easy. It's very easy for this to descend into religion. The Italians have great faith. So the devil made sure to hijack their faith with religion. Religion is this with the power extracted. Religion is a substitute for power. It has all the accoutrements. It has all the externals. It has all the bells and the whistles, but no power. The the, the gospel is a power gospel. I stand on this platform because I had a power encounter on a beach with Jesus Christ. And I'd love to tell you that, that God is on a tight budget and there's only one power encounter for everybody. But I, I don't know whether I just, you know, whether he just likes me a lot, but I've had like probably 497 power encounters with God. It's like every time I need one, bam, there's another one, bam, there's another one. I want you to know God is all powerful. He doesn't run out of power. But I want you to know that, that in this life, it's, it's very easy to settle for religion. People say, hey, how you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored, Pastor. Greetings and salutations, brethren. It's very easy to just put on the religious facade. Can I just encourage you that it's not going to fly here. We just, we just have a real hard time with religion. We have a wonderful time with God. If you have the choice, God or stick with God, stick with God. So come with me. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says, Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho, this is about Jesus. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. 
Throwing aside his garment, he arose and he came to Jesus. So when Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let me read 52 again. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Amen. Just turn your palms towards heaven. I just want to pray before we get into this. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, tonight can be just another service or a Wednesday night meeting. But Father, I know when you're here, it's never just a service. It's never just a, another religious doxology or it's, it's, it's an encounter moment. It's an encounter opportunity. Father, let people encounter the living God tonight. Let people be healed, delivered, transformed, saved, redeemed. Father, where there's hopelessness and anxiety, fill them with hope, with faith, with expectation that the greatest days are in front of them, not behind them. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody that believe that said, amen, amen. So let me quickly pull three things and then I want to pray. Three things out of this. Uh, the, the first thing I want you to know, point number one, is that uh, God is an RSVP God. RSVP God. Um, I was talking to Pastor Samuel, and Pastor Samuel told me that his last name, Duth, is actually German. And, uh, and I said, what does RSVP mean? He says, well, our family uses it all the time. Remember, send wedding present. And I said, I'm not sure if that's, if that's what RSVP stands for. So I had to look it up. I had to look it up, Pastor Alex. And it actually says, uh, Responde s'il vous plaît. It's French. But anyway, but you know, good shot. Good shot. Very close. Response, please. Respond, please, is what RSVP stands for. And it's very interesting because blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the road begging. And when he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth, he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tells him to shut up. The crowd tells him to be quiet because this is a, a religious teacher just, just leaving the city. But blind Bartimaeus refuses to pipe down. Instead, the Bible says he cries out all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. Jesus would have kept walking had blind Bartimaeus not called out. Jesus would have kept walking had blind Bartimaeus submitted to the crowd and let the crowd rob him of a miracle. One, one, of, the, one, of, the, one of the things that, that we aim to undo in Awaken is we aim to undo the terrible teaching, I, I would go so far as say it's false teaching around the sovereignty of God. The truth is God is sovereign. That is the truth. The truth is God is sovereign. But let me tell you another truth. So are you. So are you. God made man in his image to bear his likeness and you have the power to self-determine your destiny. You have the power to choose. You have the power to follow God or reject God. There's a, there's a terrible teaching, terrible teaching around the doctrine of predestination that because God is sovereign, He's already chosen those who are going to go to heaven and those who are going to go to hell. 
it's, it's a teaching. And it's, it's prevalent here in San Diego. It's called Calvinism. The problem is, the problem is that it, 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 it's a wonderful teaching if you don't read the Bible. But if you read the Bible, the Bible shoots holes in it because the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But, but Calvinism says that, that there's a house on fire and God's got four children and two is decided to rescue and the other two can burn. It's a wicked doctrine, but people preach it. In fact, the more that you get heady, the more that you get cognitive, the more people seem to buy into it. It's a terrible teaching. You'll find that all the way through the Bible, God makes promises, but His promises are predicated with premises. Every promise has a premise. 2, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and call out to me or pray to me, then I will hear from heaven and I will answer and I will hear their land. God says, I've got power. I'm ready to go, but you've got to do something first. God is the RSVP God. He's ready to respond. He wants to respond. Blind Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus, he knew something about this God. He knew that this God, even though God was passing by, he knew that his cry could get God's attention, that God is a responsive God. I don't want to, to just have a congregation or a church or we do religious ceremonies or religious rituals or services on a Sunday and we miss a move of God. I want to create an, an atmosphere where we have prayer at 5.30 in the morning for our men right across all of our campuses because I know something about God. God is a response God. The Bible says, if you draw near to me, says the Lord, then I will draw near to you. Well, hang on, God. Can't you draw near to us first? He's like, that's not how I work. I work in response to you. The Bible says, give and it will be given to you. We just heard it tonight. Bring the tithe and then test me now in this. If I will not respond and throw open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing. You need to understand that God is an RSVP God. He's waiting on your invitation. But, but, but the, 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 the bad teaching around God's sovereignty says that things are fixed. And they're fixed by a God who's all-powerful and He's greater than you. And He is just determined that you're going to be born poor or you're going to struggle or you're always going to have diabetes, you're always going to have heart disease, that, hey, you know, you, you come from generational alcoholism, therefore you've got a bend, you've got the genetic disposition to also being an alcoholic or a drug addict or or divorce runs rampant, or welfare runs rampant, and it's just, it's just, but you know what? God gets all the glory when you praise Him, even though your life is miserable, and you fake it till you make it, and you put on a fake smile, and or you just kind of get used to, you celebrate mediocrity, and you celebrate, can I just tell you, blind Bartimaeus, had he believed that, well, you know, this is God, and it's fixed, and I can't do anything, would never have called out, but he called out because something on the inside of him, Something on the inside of him believed that Jesus of Nazareth carried breakthrough. The Bible says when he heard that it was Jesus, because he'd heard that this man Jesus was opening the eyes of the blind, was raising the dead. His first miracle, he turned water into wine. It doesn't even make religious sense. If you're gonna, if you're gonna establish yourself, like you only get one one shot, you only get one first impression. 
God has stepped into time, split it in half, BCAD. And all the angels are waiting. What's the first miracle? What's the first miracle? And, and Rick keeps telling me they were betting. I don't know if they bet in heaven, but I'm just gonna go with Rick. And they're betting, you know, they're going, man, I, you know, all, all my money on, on is gonna be raised the dead. No way, he's gonna cleanse a leper, you know, whatever. He turned water into wine. And, and, and I, I reckon the reason he did that is because God's like, man, have you seen my representatives, the Pharisees and the Sadducees? They give love a bad name. So it's like Jesus was switching this up. Turn water into wine. Because I'm the God of life. I'm the God of life. I'm the God of life. I came that you may have life. He didn't come that you may have religion. He came that you may have life and life more abundantly. But blind Bartimaeus heard that there was a Messiah. He heard that there was a potential, potential for the Messiah and potential. This could be the Mashiach. This could be the man. This, he, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He's doing miracles. Just, may, just maybe this is the Messiah. Just, he had an expectation that Jesus was unlocking things. Jesus was delivering people. Jesus was repairing what was broken. He was restoring where there was death. He was bringing life. Where there was blindness, He was bringing sight. Where there was deafness and muteness, He was bringing hearing and speech. Where there was leprosy, He was bringing cleansing. All of a sudden, hope starts rising. Can I just tell you, we're doing our job if hope starts rising on the inside of you, that your future doesn't have to look like your past. That you can have a different trajectory to your family. You can have a different trajectory to the economy around you. You don't have to live under when God has called you to be an overcomer, to live above. So the Bible says that, that uh, the, the Lord closed Hannah's womb in 1 Samuel. It says the Lord closed Hannah's womb. And then just a few verses later, it says that Peninnah, her rival, would provoke her because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Any theologian today, if they didn't know the story, would say, well, see, we don't know why, but God moves in mysterious ways. And, you know, we, we don't, maybe he wants her to adopt. Maybe he just closed her womb and we don't know why, but, you know, with God. Well, I just like Hannah. She's like, all right, he closed my womb. He's God. Like my children can open and close things. Well, I hope they can close things. They, who left the door open? Like, is it too hard to? Anyway, and so, but God can close. And in fact, the Bible says, God speaking, I shut doors no man can open and open doors no man can shut. Hannah, Hannah, Hannah says, because they, they went up to the feast, the Bible says every year, they went up to the feast. They go up to the feast. It's the Passover feast. So they go up to the Passover feast and Elkanah, her husband, gives her a double portion. So she has a double portion anointing. She's unlocking something. She's about to see Jehovah Jireh. So everyone you know, goes up and in the part of the service where they bring the offering, she brings the offering and everybody else leaves. And, and Elkanah is like, come on. And she's like, I ain't going. He's like, no, you, you've, you've given the offering. Let's, let's go. She's like, I ain't leaving. I'm, I'm giving God a double portion, but I ain't leaving till he opens what he closed. The Bible says that, that Eli, the priest, came by and he sees her. He sees her in prayer and he thinks she's drunk because she's, she's, she's in anguish. She's, she's praying. She's not praying a nice prayer. Lord, we just, she, she, she knows that prayer. She's prayed that prayer a thousand times. No power. 
She's, she's praying with some, she's praying with everything. She's, there's emotion. The Bible says there was emotion. There was tears. There was anger. There was, there was, there was she, she, she was petitioning God. Her lips were moving, but no, no voice was coming out. And, and Eli, the priest says, are you drunk woman? Put your wine away from you. And she says, oh no, do not think your, your maidservant to be a wicked woman. This is neither wine nor intoxicating drink. This is sorrow of the heart. I'm asking God for a breakthrough. I'm asking God, I'm telling God that if he'll give me a son, I'll lend him to the Lord all the days of my life. And Eli says, oh, go your way. Your petition be granted. The Bible says when she heard that, she received the word. She got up and the Bible says, and Elkanah knew his wife and it came to pass that she conceived and she brought forth Shmuel. She brought forth Samuel. She brought forth, and then she gives Samuel to God. She gives Samuel to God and she gets six, you know, six kids all up. God, does, God opens a womb five more times. She has, you know, a whole little tribe. She asks for seven, and I think after six, she's like, you know what, I, I, I ain't got seven in me. If you give me seven, it'll be reduced back to six, because I'm going to, no, she didn't say that. She was a godly woman. God is an RSVP God. Second, second point, point number two, is genealogy over geography. Genealogy over geography. The Bible says when, La, uh, when uh, Bartimaeus heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 sorry. It's, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He was raised in Nazareth. He's blind. He's blind. He's like, I, he, I can't see zip codes. I can't see good side, bad side of the street. I'm blind. They said he's been raised in Nazareth. The Pharisees said he's from Nazareth. Andrew said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He had heard about the miracles. He heard the teaching of the Torah. He heard that when the Messiah comes, the Messiah could open the eyes of the blind. The difference between the Messiahs and the prophet or the Messiah and the prophets was the prophets raised the dead. The prophets brought the word of the Lord. The prophets even did miracles. But the one distinction that the prophets never did was open the eyes of the blind. That was a miracle God had reserved as a sign that they would know that this was indeed the Messiah. Jesus had already opened a blind man's eyes. And when, when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus had opened a blind man's eyes, he knew, oh, he made his geography maybe from Nazareth, but let me tell you his genealogy. His genealogy is Jesus. Thou son of I know who you are. You are the Messiah. Can I just tell you this, that your, your perception of God determines your experience of him. Your perception of God determines your experience. He believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He believed that he was the one that would open the eyes of the blind. And that was his experience. 
There are people that have been raised in religion and they believe that their perception of God is he's mean, he's cantankerous, he's capricious, he's uncaring, he's indifferent, he gets joy when people suffer. Can I just tell you that is not the God of the Bible. I am telling you till my last dying breath, I'm going to preach this Bible and I'm going to preach to every city that God gives us and I'm going to declare that he is good all the time and all the time he is good. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. That God sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to atone for our sin, but that's not the only reason. The Bible says that Jesus came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. That how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. We want to change your perception of God so that you have a different experience of God. A.W. Tozer said this, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. A.W. Tozer went on to say that no nation or civilization has ever risen above its perception of God. Your perception of God will become your reality. Pastor, what do you do every Sunday? You preach Wednesdays, you preach Wednesday morning, you preach Wednesday night, you preach Sunday, a number of services. You do that every week? Yes, sir. Why, why would you do that to change people's perceptions? When I first met God, when I first had an encounter with God, Pastor Pam, it's so, the love that I felt, I've never, I never felt love like it. I, I tried everything in the world. The, the world says, oh, you know, take drugs and, and the drugs felt good, but then it was empty afterwards. And then it says, well, maybe if you, you know, use people. And I would use people and I feel so empty afterwards and I feel so horrible afterwards. And, but that hole was still. And then when I met God, when I met God, it, 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 was, it was love and it was goodness, like beyond anything I'd ever experienced. I knew he was good and I knew he loved me. I knew he was good and I was rotten. And I thought, surely my rottenness would disqualify me from his love. But his love and his goodness was. And so then he gave me this and he said, if you'll read this, I'll show you who I am. I was convinced if I could take my eyes out of my head and, and put my eyes in an atheist's head. And they opened and saw God through my eyes. They'd fall on their knees and, and convert. Your perception of God determines your reality. I remember, you know, my, my father, and you've all heard the story, you know, when I said I'm going to Bible college, leaving engineering, not one cent, not one cent for you. And so we began when I finished Bible college in New Zealand. And God was in everything. The, the church couldn't afford to pay me. The church couldn't afford to pay me. So we were kind of living by faith. And I'll never forget... Uh, kind of got this, this word where there was a, a, a conference up in Seattle at Pastor Casey Treat's church called the Vision Conference. And this was in January 1994. And I remember just dropping hints because I knew that, that God was a father. We sang it tonight, you're a good, good father. And, and I'm, I'm walking past and I would just drop hints, you know, like you do with, with an earthly dad. Oh, I'd really like to go there. I'd really like to go there. One day as I'm walking past the, the poster for Vision Conference, 
I said, man, I'd really like to go to that. And then I heard the voice of God speak to me saying, well, if you got the faith, I got the cash. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I beg, beg your pardon? He said, if you've got the faith, I, th- there's no shortage of resources on mine. But there's a shortage of faith on you. If you got the faith, I got the cash. If you got the faith, I got the resources. If you got the faith, I got the power. He says to blind Bartimaeus, according to your faith, according to your faith, let it be so. Our goal is to put faith on the inside of you. Faith has to believe. The Bible says, Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible. It doesn't say that it's difficult. It doesn't say without faith, it's a challenge. It says it's impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must A, believe that God is, and B, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Can I just tell you what religion does is religion takes scissors. Religion will say, well, yeah, we want people to believe that God is, but don't you dare believe that he's a rewarder. Don't you dare believe that, don't you dare believe that God, God does not owe you anything. Like, duh. But he's a RSVP God. He's a responsive God. He's a loving God. He's a loving father. He loves to provide. And he says, if you come to me in faith, I'll reward you. That should mess with you. If you've got any religion, that's messing with you already. But these aren't my words. These are in the Bible. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible. So we want you to have faith to please God. For those who come to God must A, believe that he is, and B, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In this house, we want you to know there is reward for you saying no to the world and yes to God. There is reward for you living a godly life. There is reward for you saying no to sin. There is reward for you going to men's prayer, women's prayer. There is reward for saying, you know what, I'm going to get in a connect group. There is reward when you receive correction. You say, you know what, I could get butthurt and offended and leave the church, but instead I'm going to lean in. I probably needed to hear that. There is reward in your life. Genealogy is greater than geography. The devil wants you to believe, well, you were born to the wrong family, geography. You, I get it all the time. Oh, you're from Dapto. Even people that I haven't seen in years. Oh, you're from Dapto. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And, and they, they, they laugh. It's like the Nazareth of, of Sydney. You were born on the wrong side of the tracks, geography. You were born in the wrong zip code, Geography. You came from a poor family, geography. Bible says genealogy is greater than geography. The Bible says that when you're born again, you're born again of the incorruptible. You're born again of the eternal. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine. Say it again. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say I'm the vine and you're the little, little daffodils growing around admiring he says I'm the vine and you're the branches I'm the vine the Bible says that we've been grafted in to Christ do you you know how how the branches produce fruit the vine draws nutrients out of the earth and distributes it when you are born again I need you to know there's a new flow flowing through you 
in this house, we want you to learn how to unlock that flow. You may have been born blind, Bartimaeus. But Christ has a different flow. In His flow, there's vision, there's healing. You may have been born with a predisposition to diabetes. You may have been born with high blood pressure. You may have been born with, with, you know, there was generational cancer. You may have been born with, but I'm telling you, when you are born again, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, some things, most, all things have become new. You want to stick it to the devil? You know the best thing you can do? Have a funeral. Have a funeral for all the old things. My father was an alcoholic, but um, unfortunately that passed away. How you doing? Well, going to a funeral. Oh, you, I'm so sorry. No, 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 it's a great funeral. What are you, how can a funeral be great? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, all the stuff that passed away. The alcoholism, the pornography, the drug addiction, the diabetes, the heart disease, the cancer disposition. Passed away. Passed away. I'm burying it. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm now in Christ. I'm now grafted into the vine. There is a new flow. Heaven is producing. Heaven is flowing nutrients. Nutrients of life. Nutrients of fruitfulness. Nutrients of healing. Number three, because I can hear the band behind me, is throw away the parachute throw away the parachute the Bible says have a look at verse 50 if we can throw verse 50 up guys verse 50 and throwing aside his garment he rose and came to Jesus throwing aside his garment so he's Jesus son of David shut up he cries out all the more, Jesus, son of... And Jesus stands still and commands him to be called. They said, rise, be of good cheer. He's calling you. When he gets up, Pastor Samuel, he does something very interesting. When he gets up, the Bible says, the Bible does not say, and removing his garment. The Bible doesn't say, and leaving behind his garment. The Bible doesn't say in folding neatly. The Bible doesn't say in giving it to somebody else. The Bible says in throwing aside his garment. Throwing aside his garment. The garment that he wore was a government registered garment that allowed him to beg on the good side of the street. He had had government permission to beg. Oh, he wasn't like those other beggars begging without government approval. Oh no, he is a government, you could look it up. I'm a government registered beggar. We don't have faith in government. We have faith in God. Governments love to make people registered beggars. They love you being dependent on welfare, dependent on. Now, here's the question, Pastor Jesse. What do you think? Do you think if blind Bartimaeus would have kept the garment, Jesus would have still healed him? Absolutely. Like Jesus' power wasn't affected by, by blind Bartimaeus. 
when Jesus saw blind Bartimaeus get up with the government registered garment on and take it off and throw it to the ground and start walking to Jesus, Jesus is like, oh, he's got faith. He's got faith. Because he's already predetermined, I ain't going back to begging. Someone can steal it. Somebody can take it. I ain't returning back to the filth. I ain't returning back to the addiction. I'm not returning back to the drugs. I'm not returning back to the booze. I'm not returning back to the pornography. I'm not returning back to the infidelity. I'm not returning back to the poverty mindset. I'm not returning back to my mean anger. He comes to Jesus throwing aside his garment. On my wedding day, my mother-in-law took me aside and she says, I've just got one word, throw away the parachute. Throw away the parachute. And I'm thinking, what parachute is she talking about? And then she said the D word. I'm like, the D word? She's like, yeah, divorce. I'm like, oh, that D word. Make it no option. Make it come hell or high water. Can I just say this, that your breakthrough often is determined by your break from. Your breakthrough is determined by your break from. God, God will absolutely, and you ask pa- pa- Pastor Mark, who, who leads our amazing recovery group, quite often, isn't it true that a lot of the people that, that you know, kind of slide back into old habits or, you know, fall off for a moment and fall back into their addiction, really, in the back of their mind, they, they came to Jesus with their garment. They, they j- just, just, no, I'm just, I've just got to, just, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase most of the contacts of, I'm not going to have anything to do with it, but I'm just going to keep my dealer's number. It's just, it's just, I can tell people I forgot to delete him from my contacts. But just in case I go through a really rough, I go through a really difficult, then I can... Re- I got rid of all the alcohol, got rid of all the alcohol in the house, but I just, I hid just a little bit of brandy. You can't, you can't see if you come over. It's just hidden in the, behind the, just, you just like, just, just in, just in case, like the pressure, just in case things get, you know, like my wife and I, you know, we're we're fighting and, 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 and I know, I know like my ex-girlfriend and like, I've kept her on LinkedIn, but it's not, it's just. Throwing aside his garment. Throwing aside his garment. He arose, came to Jesus. Tonight, some people need to throw aside their garment. You've got to throw out that parachute. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite places to travel with Pastor Samuel and Katie is Mexico. And there's the Sea of Cortez, the Sea of Cortez. It's named after Hernan Cortez. When Cortez came to the New World, he got off his ships with 600 men. What he'd been told about the Aztecan Empire was only a tenth of it. When he saw the the, the largesse of the Aztecan Empire, he realized that when his 600 men saw the armies and saw what was in front of them, they would retreat. So at that particular moment, 
Hernan Cortez turns to his general and says, burn the ships. I, I'm sorry, Senor. I thought you just said burn the ships. See, si. burn the ships. Infierno, burn the ships. The men see the ships burning to behind them. It took two years of fierce battles, but they ended up conquering that territory. Had they have had the ships to retreat to in the heat of the battle in a difficult time, can I just tell you, Blind Bartimaeus says, I'm not taking a safety net with me. I'm not taking a plan B with me. I ain't going back to this. People would have tried to talk him out of it. Hang on, whoa, whoa, you, 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 don't even, you don't even know if he's going to heal you. There's no guarantee. When I went to Bible college, there was no guarantee. That people lost their mind. Man, why would you leave engineering? You're leaving a secure journey. Just have a plan B. Just What I found with God is faith is burn the ships. Faith is throw away the garment. Faith is throw away the parachute. Faith is breakthrough. Faith is total breakthrough. Faith is total breakthrough. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Give God a great praise. Come on, let's give God a great praise. Come on, come on. We're going to do two things. I know I can see the red numbers, which I saw the green numbers and then I looked across. Oh my gosh, I mean red numbers. Red numbers is never good. Pastor Samuel said, if there are red numbers, you're in big trouble. I'm like, oh no. So this is what we're going to do. I want to pray for you. But if, if I know the ministry team are ready and raring to go, there's a powerful anointing here. Absolutely, God will touch you in your seat, but I know that He transforms at the altar. If there's some stuff that God has, has spoke to you, because it's interesting, He had a government registered garment that He was wearing. For some of us, We wear on the outside what we carry on the inside. We carry a welfare mindset. We carry a poverty mindset. We we, we carry a a broken view of God that He he can bless Alex and He can bless Mark and He can bless, but He can't bless me because I'm, I want you tonight to get your breakthrough. I want you to awaken an expectation for breakthrough. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Every last one of them. Every area of fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, infidelity, hopelessness, lust, greed, and whatever it is, I want you to know Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. But you got to make a decision tonight. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm shutting the door to the past. I'm closing the door. I'm burning the bridges. I'm throwing out the parachute. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Heavenly Father, 
we just thank you tonight for your presence and your power. Heavenly Father, tonight I thank you for breakthrough. Heavenly Father, tonight I thank you for transformation. I declare every addiction, every chain broken. Now listen to me, this is what the devil says. The devil says, oh yeah, you're feeling good now because oh, you're in a church service now, so you feel good now. But remember, remember I'm there to comfort you in the dark watches of the night. I'm there when, when, when life goes difficult. Don't, don't, don't throw me away, don't throw me away because I'm there. He's never done you any good. He only pulls you back into your vice. He only pulls you back into that addiction. He only puts you back into destructive cycles. Tonight, can I just tell you, you don't need it. You don't need it. The Bible says, and Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. Go your way. And the next verse says, and blind Bartimaeus, or Bartimaeus then followed Jesus on the road. He never went back to the old. He he walked with Christ. He walked a new path. He had a new destiny. I want you to know the devil is a liar. Don't throw it out. You throw it out. You, you don't need to go back. You don't need to hold on to that addiction. You don't need to hold on to those phone numbers. You don't need to hold on to that connection. You don't need to. You let it go. You let it go. You let it go. You let it go. Father, in the name of Jesus tonight, I declare every chain, every shackle, every addiction broken off people's lives. I thank you for freedom over minds. Freedom over hearts, freedom over souls, freedom over lives. I declare devil under the sound of my voice every grip, every chain, every shackle, every yoke shattered over their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.